dark time. What did David say? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. The strength, your power comfort me. I'd paraphrase, you watch me from the front porch to make sure I get back safe. That's the God we have. And it's out of love. But something happens. Something happens. God's love is constant. And he keeps loving Israel. But something else is happening. I'm noticing in this story. The Egyptians see another cloud. Because see, they're used to following this cloud that's the presence of God. So they know God is with them. But they see another cloud. And it's not a cloud. It's a cloud of dust. And it's coming from the enemy. And all of a sudden, their tune changes. They begin to worry. They begin to fret. In Psalms 106, verse 7, notice it says here, Our ancestors in Egypt did not understand God's wonderful acts. Look what it says. They forgot the many times He showed them His love, and they rebelled against the Almighty at the Red Sea. What did they forget? They forgot the Lord's love. The many times when I brought you out, I heard you cry, my love never ends. When I brought you out, my love never ends. When I led you to the sea, my love doesn't end. When I split the sea in two, it was out of love. It doesn't end. And when we cross over the other side, it keeps going. And after that, it keeps going. And after that, it keeps going. And I want you to know one day, God was looking at the world. He says, the Bible says, He so loved the world that here comes His Son, born in a manger out of His love, walks on the earth out of His love, is rejected and crucified because of his love. I don't know, when would you stop loving? Don't you talk to my boy like that. I'll tell you what, when I was, when my boys were living at home, and I guess I'm still that way as a dad, somebody talked mean about my boy, I'm gonna bow up. I don't feel like loving and hugging. I don't feel, I'm, I'm feeling like hurting somebody. When does God stop loving? Oh, that crossed the line. You rejected him. You called him a what? You called him illegitimate because of Mary? That's it. I'm done loving. No, he keeps going. Now I'm going to keep loving. And now they're grabbing him and they're whipping him. He keeps loving. And now he holds on to him. They hold on to him. They put him on a cross. And he's dying. And he says, Father, forgive them. What? What? He's still loving the world. Still loving the world. He's dead. And God's still loving the world. And he comes out of the grave. And he still loves the world. How many times has God shown you His love? For some of us here, maybe there was a time when we go, we, we're, we're at the end of a rope and someone invites us to church. That's an act of love. God loves us, invites us to, a, to this crazy church. Or we go to a small group or a cross chat. And we, and then, and after a while, we're, we're, then, then somebody says, how about how about we open up the Bible and look at the Bible together? God just keeps loving. So we open up the Bible. Oh, I like this about, about really looking at the Lord, looking at the whole story, the gospel, looking at how God is working has try, and worries He's trying to take me. Oh, this is exciting. Well, we got to talk about something else. What's that? We're going to talk about sin a little bit. Sin, I don't like this. God loves me as He helps me understand my sin and what it's done, it's doing to me and what it, and what God did. My response to sin and God's response to sin. And He loves me. He keeps loving me. What's the Bible say something about the Lord's discipline doesn't seem pleasant at the time? 
But what's it lead to? Holiness. And it's out of love. God puts me through this process. And next thing you know, I, I, I decide I'm going to put him on in baptism. And we, we come up, we either go here or a river or someplace and we're baptized and people encourage me. And they keep loving me. Even telling me when I'm out of line. God keeps loving me. And maybe there's a time I, I've had enough and I walk away for a while. And God doesn't stop loving me like the prodigal. When I come back, God runs to me and can't wait to put a ring and shoes and restore the relationship. How many times has God loved you? I'll tell you what, when it's really hard, it's easy to love God when, yay, I'm coming out of this. Yay, things are working out. I, I have no trouble loving God. How about you? But when it's tough, when I hit a brick wall, when you hit something, you don't, you get blindsided by news. That's the time, that's the time to love God the most. Keep trusting His love. It says in Exodus 14, here up on the screen, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there are no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Why have you done, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Israel's in a panic. Israel's is terrified. The people are, are scared. They think they're toast. And whenever, you, listen folks, whenever you're under attack, I know this, you know this is true. Whenever we're under attack, it's, we, we tend to focus on the load more than the Lord. That the load is what folks saw. We see the Egyptian. We see the dust. We see what could happen and forget that the Lord is right there. I'm quick. Listen, it's because I'm quick to assume that I'm alone in this matter. Because when God's with me, everything's great. I know it. If God is with me, you know, everything's, we have this, they have this idea. God's with me equals good. Everything's great. God, if things aren't great, then God must have left me. And I'm here to tell you this morning, God moved. He does move when you're under attack, but never away from you. He never moves away. He just swings around, faces your enemy with you. How many dads here? How many veterans here? When you're under attack, do you grab your rifle and run away? We don't do that. And our Father doesn't do that either. He doesn't do that. It says they're terrified and they cry out to God. They cried out to God. What's, are they praying? I don't, I don't think they're really praying there. They're just saying, oh my God. They're not saying, oh my God, I need you to. They're terrified. And they've forgotten that God loves them even in this situation. His love for them is just as strong and His love for you is just as strong as when it's good, when you think it, when you think you feel it when it's good. It's just as strong when it's bad. Look at Psalms 136 again in the message. God remembered us when we were down. His love never quits. 
rescued us from the trampling boot. His love never quits. Takes care of everyone in times of need. His love never quits. Thank God who did it all. His love never quits. Praise God. And so I want to tell you, what I notice here off the bat is when I'm getting attacked by Satan, I need to keep trusting in the love of God. Psalms 27 says it this way, The Lord is my light and the one who saves me. So why should I fear anyone? The Lord protects my life. So why should I be afraid? Evil people may try to destroy my body and my enemies and those who hate me attack me, but they are overwhelmed and defeated. If an army surrounds me, I'll not be afraid. If war breaks out, I will trust the Lord. I want you to know this morning, if you feel like you're under attack, God has not deserted you. He is still with you and still loves you. And so keep trusting this love that He has for you. This amazing, amazing grace. Number two, when I'm under attack, I give God time to work. That's something else I notice in this passage. I give God time to work. What do you, what's your response when you are initially under attack? What's your typical response? Do you panic? Do you want to fight back? I want to fight back. Oh, they said that about me? Well, here's what I think of that. Blah, 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 blah. What I'm actually doing is, I want to show you how immature I am. I'm just as immature as they are. Hello. Is that what, is that what, what's your tendency to do? Is your tendency to retaliate, to run and hide? Maybe it's to worry, to whine. You see, sometimes, sometimes you must choose an emotion that's contrary to how you currently feel. This is a big one for me. Because I tend to, my feelings are just right there. And I go with the first feeling I got. Rather than thinking, wait a minute, do I have a choice? I didn't know this. Yeah, we all have a choice of how we're going to feel about something. And sometimes I have to choose an emotion that's just not what I'm feeling at the moment. Look what Moses says. He says, you need to choose this emotion. They're afraid. And look what he says. Do not be afraid. He just says, don't be afraid. But I am afraid. Stop doing that. Well, that's just not right, Lord. This is how I feel. And you can't argue with feelings. I'm arguing with yours. Stop being afraid. Don't be afraid. And then he says, stand still and you will see the Lord save you today. You will never see these Egyptians again after today. You only need to remain calm. The Lord will fight for you. I like the way the new century says that. Just be calm. Uh, up here on the screen, look at how the message says it. Moses spoke to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and watch God do his work of salvation for you today. Take a good look at those Egyptians. Today you'll never going to see them again. God will fight the battle for you. And you, you keep your mouth shut. What? That's what it, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you got that. That's, that's what I just read on the message. And I, I, I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Keep your mouth shut. That don't sound like remaining calm. I wonder what the Hebrew says. Hebrew says, shut up. It just says, stop talking. You're doing this, and I want you to do this. Stop talking. I don't like that. 
I don't like that. Moses says, calm down. Don't do anything rash. Stand still. You ever get so excited you're pacing the floor and you got to move? Somebody said, would you just calm down a little bit? Moses, stop, stop walking around. Stop talking. Stop complaining. Yes, acknowledge your enemy. Yes, you have an enemy. And you're, you see him. But you really need to watch the Lord and what he's going to do. You really need to focus on what the Lord's going to do, not so much what the enemy can do to you. I read this from Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. It's an excerpt in that book, The Red Sea Rules, so I went to find it. And it's in a sermon that he preached. And, and I've got the complete statement here. Here's what he says in one of his lessons. I don't care what the circumstances may be. The Christian should never be agitated. Huh? A Christian should never be agitated. The Christian should never be beside himself. The Christian should never be at wit's end. The Christian should never be in a condition of which he has lost control of himself. This implies a lack of trust and confidence in God. Oh, really? I don't like you, Martin Lloyd-Jones. I don't like the way you talk to me there. Christians shouldn't, Christians shouldn't, Christians shouldn't. Well, I can think of all kinds of people in the Bible that were at wit's end. I can think of all kinds of people in the Bible that panic. I can think about all kinds of people that are overwhelmed. David was overwhelmed. What about that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I can think, oh, I, Jonah, he got so mad, he got so depressed, he, he, he sat under a tree. Mm-hmm, what about that? Mm-hmm. What about Jeremiah? He just couldn't quit crying. Why, is it, why do I have to stay here and work with these lunkheads in, in Jerusalem? I want to be in captivity with all the cool people. <laughs> Poor guy. And he gets tagged, the weeping prophet. Why would you like to have that crybaby prophet? I can see him in heaven going, wait a second, I want to straighten this out here. Now I think about all the people overwhelmed. Peter, he's overwhelmed. He's a follower of Christ. He's overwhelmed. It happens. Yeah, right. And all of those instances when it happens, it's because of a lack of faith. I can't find somebody in the Bible that's going, I'm overwhelmed. And they, you know, Job, oh man, I'm going through the ringer. I got these boils. You ever had a boil? I've had two. They're not fun. He's got them all over his body. You know, his, his, his family has died. The only person left in his family is his wine and wife. And, and that's punishment enough. I know no men were laughing. They were afraid to in front of their wives. But that's okay. But you know what I'm saying? He's having a hard time and he's a faithful follower of God. And he, he is struggling with his faith. We find out as you read the book of Job. Moses is terrified. I don't think I can do this, Lord. Can you send somebody else? Well, how about if I send Aaron with you? Will that help you? (laughs) I can't think of anybody in the Bible that's... Maybe you got somebody. I can't think of anybody in the Bible that was overwhelmed, that it wasn't connected to. They had some blind spots in their faith or weaknesses in their faith. I don't like this statement. Because that means if I'm ever beside myself, wait a minute, wait a minute, if, when I'm beside myself, when I'm at wit's end, when I'm agitated with somebody or something that's happening, it just reveals my faith in where it really is. And Moses says to a, a, to a church at the Red Sea, a group of believers going, everybody needs a semadana. 
You need to calm down. You need to be quiet. Quit focusing on the attack and look at the God that's with you. Because this is going to get over real quick. And God doesn't want you to miss it. Oh, I, I, I want to say this. I, listen, it's, there's, sometimes there's good reason to be afraid. As a fraidy cat, I wish, I'd like to say a recovering fraidy cat, coward. I, I'm sorry, I'm a fraidy cat. I'm just a mess. There's times I'm afraid, and maybe there's good cause. At least I've convinced myself there's good cause. I understand it's natural to be afraid at times. But can I tell you, there's a better reason to be confident that's what I'm learning about this story. That God is saying, that's why Moses is saying, listen, I, you know, you have a reason to be afraid. I get it. Look at that. Oh goodness. The whole army, a superpower is at your heels. But he's saying, but there's a better reason to be confident because God is with you. And he'll fight for you. So the next time you feel like you're under attack, just remember, God is with me and He will fight for me. He's always promised that. There's so many verses we could look at there. Just look them up. Look up the word fight. Look up the word battle. The battle belongs to the Lord, the Bible says. Here in in, in 1 Samuel 17, we got David speaking. And what's happening is, they're in the Valley of Elah, and this giant named Goliath, is challenging anybody, if there's anybody that would take him on, and nobody will take him on. And the Bible says, but David heard Goliath. Uh-oh. Who's this guy think he is? And he, you know, he's politically incorrect a little bit. He goes, uh, who's this uncircumcised guy think he is? Philistine. Can you believe it? He's looking at him going, who do you think you are? And he walks out there and... And you can just see Goliath going, oh, this is, wow, this is going to be easy. This is going to be no-brainer. I'm going to wipe the floor with you, kid. And look at David's response. All those gathered here will know that the Lord doesn't save by means of sword and spear. The Lord owns this war. He wanted, God wanted David to understand that, and He wanted all of Israel to understand that. God owns this war. You gotta tell yourself that sometimes, you know? When you're feeling under attack, He owns the war. And He'll hand all, He says, not just you, but all of you over to us. And if you read the scriptures, they rout the Philistines there in the Valley of Elah. See, the battle of the Red Sea was over before it began. And the battle you're in right now is over before it began. It's already over. If you'll give the Lord time to work, you can experience that. See, sometimes all God needs from me is to just be quiet and let Him work. I get noisy when I'm under attack. Anybody else get noisy? I didn't say nosy. I said noisy, okay? You ever get noisy 
Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. We get busy clanging and banging on stuff and get, we, we got to get, I got to do something. I got to do something fast. And we're just busy, active, busy, busy, noisy, noisy. Sometimes God just wants us to be quiet and let him work. Stand still. Be calm. Watch me work. You don't see very much and you don't, listen guys, you don't experience much when it's all noisy. Look at the Bible says here. It says, stand silent. Know that I am God. Stand silent. That sounds like Moses. Be still. Stand firm. And know that I'm God. David says again, and David's familiar with all kinds of stuff happening to him. He's used to being attacked. He says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. See, when I stand still, when I'm quiet under fire, when you stand still, when you're quiet under fire, you can better hear God speaking. You ever been in a car and somebody's got the radio too loud and you're trying to talk to one another? And somebody flips it and turns it down so they can talk. Too much noise. I can't hear. I can't hear what you said. And when I'm quiet, I can hear God speak to me so much better. I can also think more clearly when I'm quiet. Some of you guys, I don't know how some of you do it. I don't know how you did it in college or how you did it in high school. I couldn't do it. I, th- I think it was a big show. You got the radio blaring or the headphones going and you're studying. Come on. Really? I'm a Gemini. I can do two or three things at the same time. I know she didn't finish that sentence. I can do two or three things at the same time really poorly because that's what happens when you're trying to multitask. Maybe you're that kind of person. God says, well, let me tell you, this is, if you'll, if, if you'll be quiet, you can think more clearly and your perspective will improve. Instead of grumbling and talking to somebody about what's going on, you can't hear what God says. You hear your buddy who justifies your behavior or feels sorry for you or doesn't really help you. You listen to all that when God's trying to speak to you through somebody else that's got a little more wisdom or through a scripture or through a sermon or through a song or through Lord knows what. You can't hear him. And you're not going to be able to think it through and really think clearly with a lot of noise. So when you're quiet, your perspective improves. Another thing is I avoid doing something I really regret when I'm quiet and I'm still and I don't jump into a decision. I stop and think. So I don't make these snap judgments. How many times have you made a snap judgment under pressure only to regret it later? If only you to take a breath, a cleansing breath. Counted to ten, maybe, or I don't know. Just took a step back and was quiet. Then you could process. You could think. And most of all, when I stand still, I do make room for God to work. He's able to work then. So I give God time to work. I trust, I keep trusting His love. I give God time to work. And number three, I keep walking on God's path. I don't know about you, but when things start getting kind of weird, I feel like I'm under attack, I want to try another option. I want to try something I, I think will work. I, I don't think about what would God say. Well, God says you ought to handle it this way. I don't want to handle it that way. I don't like handling it that way. If I handle it that way, I could get hurt more. That way's too hard. That way's too, 
too scary. But some, again, and I'm just saying there's times when I've been tempted, maybe you have to, to bail, try something else, do another way. Guys, it takes faith to follow Christ under trial. It takes faith to stay on His path and go to do the right thing rather than what the thing I like. Hebrews 11 says this in this particular translation, Faith opened a way for the Hebrews to cross the Red Sea as if on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to cross, they were swallowed up and drowned. Same path. One had faith in God. The other one had faith in themselves. You know, when I think about this, I can't help but think about Raiders of the Lost Ark, the last crusade, where Indiana Jones has to do that. He comes to that. He's looking for the, the chalice of Christ, the, 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 the vessel of Christ that he drank out of, and he comes to this great chasm in front of him. He sees a doorway over there, but he can't get to it. And he looks in his little book, his research book, and it shows this this uh, knight going like this. And, it's, and, it, and he goes, oh, no, oh, a step of faith. Oh, I've got to really believe. I've got to really believe. And you watch him struggle. And he stands on the ledge and goes. And there's a moment. And then he goes forward and his foot stops. And then he can see the path. But he couldn't, because it blended in with the rock. He couldn't see. But all of a sudden his perspective changed over one step, one step. Remember, he takes some, some, Sand or some dirt and throws it on there and then he can see the whole path and he just runs, <laughs> runs right through it and gets the chalice and we see people getting melted. It's really a good movie. <laughs> but isn't that what faith sometimes requires of you and I? To stay on God's path? We come to the, you know, I love following you, Lord, when I'm popular. I love following you when it's all going up to the right, but when it goes down, I, I must be on the wrong path. Sometimes, it's down because I am on the wrong path. But you know, I'm pretty confident this is the path God you've chosen. And I'm, uh-oh, what's this? Oh, I see a, the opportunity, but oh my goodness, it's a leap of faith. Oh, I've got to step out on faith. If I really, oh God, is there any way to get out of this one? And only when I'm willing to just And I make that step and then it's like a light goes off. I'm able to see the path of God and I'm so thankful. I stay on the path when I, when I, when I have these moments and I pass that test, when I take that step and maybe, maybe God is nudging you to take a step. Take it. It may open up a whole new path. The rest of, Another path. And sometimes that's all we got in front of us, guys. Sometimes all we got is one step. We don't know what it's, where it's ultimately going to lead to. And it doesn't matter because the God that had the path that led us out of stuff and leads us into stuff leads us to something so much better. We've talked about that. We can trust that path. For Israel, it's a time to move. Look at this. It's time to take that step. They've been camped there. There's the Egyptians are there. It's getting really sideways. And in Exodus 14, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Use your step, shepherd's staff. Hold it out over the water and a path will open. A path will open up before you through the sea. Then all the people of Israel will walk through on dry 
ground. Stay on the path. I don't see it. Stay on the path. I'm using Google Maps. Danny and I were heading to the men's retreat last weekend. And he got ahead of me. And you know, brothers, we got to get, we got to see who's going to get there first. We haven't outgrown that. He's way ahead of me, so I know I've got a chance. Where are you? Well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I have a chance. What do you mean you don't know? Well, you have 143, you know, they got that thing closed down, and I'm kind of, uh, Google's just telling me to, I asked, he doesn't call, he doesn't call her Siri, he calls her Surly. Hey, Surly. Yes, Danny, my name is Siri. Take me to the men's retreat. Okay, so he's, and he's going on this weird road, and he goes, man, I don't I have no idea where I'm at. Well, tell me where you are, and I'll see if I can find you. And I could, he couldn't tell me. And then he says, but man, it's pretty. I've never been on this ride before. This is kind of nice. All of a sudden, hurrying up and getting to the men's retreat wasn't important to him. It was really enjoying the trip. And I couldn't help but think, Danny, I was thinking about that. I thinking about how you know, a lot of times we just get, we want to get where we want to get. We want God to hurry up and get us there. And we don't, we're not sure where we're going. I said, what is it telling you to do now? Well, it says I've got to turn left up here. I don't know why, but I'm turning left. I know why you're doing it, because you're following that stupid GPS. He says, he just looks at me or tells me on the phone, he goes, well, it's taking me, I think, it says I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. Well, it says I'm going to be there in about an hour. And I took a totally different way. I was on, you know, 270, 70, 127, and I'm there. I couldn't get my GPS to take me that path. I couldn't get it to program it to make me go through the nice scenic, pretty turns and cornfields and that he was experiencing. I was on the highway with semis. What's your point, Tim? My point is, when God, when G-O-D, not G-P-S, G-O-D says, we're going this way, Tim. We're going this way, church. Can we trust Him? And the answer is yes. Even if it doesn't make sense. To me personally, because His ways are above my ways. His paths are above my paths. I just need to make sure I'm still on His path. I don't know sometimes what's going to happen around here. I don't know what's going to happen to me. But I know this. I want to be on God's path because it's the best one. It's the best path available. Psalms, David said this, Lord, lead me as you promised me you would. I love that. Lead me as you promised me you would. Otherwise, my enemies will conquer me. I get off the path, I'm toast. See, that's why the Israelites were really really in any trouble. They were on the path of God. And they stayed on the path. It opened up for them. They stayed on that path. He says, tell me clearly what to do. Which way to turn? See, many times he's asking God, tell me which way to go here. What what do I do next? Many times, church, we cannot solve our own problem. You know, there's some problems we're just not going to solve. There are some hurts you cannot heal on your own. There are just some circumstances. You know, I was talking to Mike Kiffman this week. He goes, you know, Tim, I've realized sometimes I'm in a problem because God's leading one of my friends into it and I have to be a friend so I'm experiencing their stuff. And that that's true too. 
But even God can use that and work with that. And I know there's times I want to change my conditions, I want to change my circumstances, and victory, man, that seems miles away. And it's then when I start crying out to God and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to turn? Because you promised to lead me. You promised that your path leads to glory. Your path leads to righteousness. Your path leads to peace. You promised me this. So which way do I go now? And it's when I cry out to God that kind of prayer, and then I take that first step that I experience the Lord's leading and where He's trying to take me. Then Moses, it says, stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites, it says, the Israelites went through. You know how I know? It says they went through. It started with one step. Just one step in the right direction. One step of faith. They went through the sea on dry ground with the water on their right and on their left. Look at this passage in Job as we close. I have stayed on God's paths. Here's a man that's went through the ringer. Satan is attacking him every day. He's lost his family. He's lost his health. He's lost his wealth. And his friends have all, they're all giving him crap. And he says, I have stayed on God's path. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. I want to ask you this morning, are you on God's path? Can you say, I'm on God's path? Have you learned what it means to follow Christ? And have you taken that step to follow Christ? Or are you still on hold, in a holding pattern? You've opened up the Bible with people, you've studied with people, but they're all, you know, you've, you've kind of, you're on hold. And God's saying, it's time to take a step. Have you gotten off His path? You know, Tim, down deep inside, I know I've gotten off His path. I'm not growing. I'm not changing. In fact, if anything, I feel like I'm starting to lose some ground. You've strayed off His path. I'm starting to think like the world again. You've strayed off His path. I'm starting to rely on myself again. You've strayed off His path. Maybe it's time to take a step and get back on this path, the path of the Lord. The Apostle Paul refers to the Lord, to Jesus and the Lord, in his Gospels, just about, just shy of, of 500 times. Did you know that? In all the letters he wrote to the church, he talks about the Lord and Jesus just about 500 times he mentions Him by name. You know how many times he mentions Satan? How many times he mentions the devil? 16 times. 16 times. You know I learned from that? Yeah, acknowledge your enemy, but really focus on the Lord. When you're under attack, yeah, you've got somebody attacking you. you got something happening. And yes, your enemy is prowling around trying to tear you to pieces. Be aware of that. Acknowledge that. But put your eyes and put your trust, put your focus 
on the Lord. How do I do that again? I, I keep relying on His love. I stay calm. I eliminate the noise that's keeping me from, from God working. I, I quiet down. I start recognizing there's more reasons to trust the Lord than there is to worry about the problem I'm facing. And I stay on His path. Why? Because it leads to where He promises to take you. What are you going to do today? What decision do you need to make? We have a card right there in your bulletin. And that card gives you an opportunity to maybe write out a prayer or maybe a prayer request. Maybe you're not sure what the next step is. Well, I ask, say, I'm not sure what the next step is, but I'm asking people to pray for me to find that next step. Or I've gotten off this path. I'm asking people to pray for me. I'm going to get back on this path, the path of the Lord. I want to trust Him. I'm going to get serious about following His path but I'm going to need help because it's a little scary. Or Tim, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed right now. I feel like Satan just attacking my faith. And I'm just asking the prayer people that pray, would help the Holy Spirit work on me and give me the strength and the, and, and the energy to trust God during this trial. If He brought you to it, and by the way, when He brings you to it, He will help you through it. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that. We're going to sing a song, and if you want to write something down on a card, then we're going to sing another song and take up those cards along with our regular contribution. And again, if you're a guest here, just want to remind you, as a guest, you're not under any obligation to give to this church. So don't worry if somebody doesn't see you drop in a check, okay? They understand. You're a guest. You're not here so we can get something from you. You're here so... We and God and the Holy Spirit can give something to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, the Red Sea, Father, for what it's about, what it teaches, Father. There's so many principles in this, in this story. It's a pivotal story, Father. It's a story of faith. It's a story of courage. It's a story of trouble and problems. It's a story about impossible things turning completely around. And Father, we pray uh, today... If we're under attack, Lord, would you help us? Just help us, Father, remember how much you love us, never to forget that, to trust that love, that whatever we're in the middle of right now, you love us and you want to guide us out of your love and change us with your love and bring us out of it because of your love. Lord, we pray that not only will we be the kind of person that will that will just trust your love more than anything else, that will give you time to work, Father. I know some of us here, um, we got to admit we've been too noisy this week. We've whined and complained. and you know, We've spent more time complaining than talking to you about this. We've complained to our friends. We're negative about, about life. This attack is changing our perspective. And Father, we know you want to change our perspective in this But we know you don't want it to be negative. So, Father, help us to be quiet, to calm down. And perhaps for some of us here, help us keep our mouths shut and see that you are God and discover from our silence that you're, that you're present. Give us patience so you can work. Let us leave room, not just for your wrath, but for your work. 
And Father, would you help us keep on your path? Because it's hard sometimes, Lord, when we're tempted, we're tempted when things go sideways to, to just get off this road and try something else. Father, help us see that your road is the best. Your guidance is the best. And that the trip can be exciting and rewarding as well, not just the destination. Father, for some of us here that have gotten off that path, and we can think of somebody that's not here because they've gotten off that path, help them get back on it. Help them trust you once more and experience how good a God you can be in their life. Father, I pray you help some of us here. Help us go through what we're going through by taking another step. Because you'll lead us through, Father. Help us follow your ways. Show us which way to turn. Lead us to where you've promised us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.